welcome to the Cocoa Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Cocoa Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Welcome to the Cocoa Express Show for Wednesday, and we have a guest. Um, I would like to let you know that if you are a frequent listener of the show, it is the last Wednesday of the month, and that means that we are going to have Real Estate Straight Talk with our two real estate professionals. Please enjoy. Thank you. Want to know what's going on in the home buying market? Stay tuned. Real Estate Straight Talk is up next, part of the Cocoa Express Network. Hello and good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Sharon Homer, and I'm, I'm happy to be rejoining you all this month. Um, as we discuss, um, continue to discuss landlord-tenant relationships, um, I have my business partner, Joe Bellardo, and co-host. Um, Joe, can you say hello? Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, so, again, we want to welcome you all back. Um, as last month, uh, we just learned a little bit of how to build and sustain healthy landlord-tenant relationships and how those relationships um, can benefit tenants um, and our landlords. Um, One, we discussed the benefits of um, healthy relationships with our tenants, being as though it provides security. It allows the tenant to provide security um, in a home. Um, Of course, not having to move every year um, and continuing to establish that good rental history to continue to move on and hopefully purchase a home or to go and rent a larger home um, or whatever fits the needs of the tenant. Um, And, of course, some benefits for the landlord that we discussed was how it helps helps the landlord to protect their investment um, as a good long-term tenant is likely to care for a home as if if they owned it themselves, um, if there's a good, healthy uh, landlord-tenant relationship in place. Um, so this week we're going to continue uh, that discussion in regards to landlord-tenant relationships. However, uh, we're going to take a, a somewhat of a different direction and kind of focus on how to make money um, from establishing the healthy relationship. So we're going to jump right into it, and um, we're going to uh, – have Joe share some insight since Joe, you are a full-time realtor and property manager. So um, just to help out our listeners, um, just two questions for you. Um, after we've shared and again spoke about establishing healthy relationships, how do you suggest you um, make money? Or, um, or I guess question number two would be, how does one get started in the business of being a landlord or property manager? Well, um, I guess, you know, uh, last time we talked about, um, you know, the healthy relationship in terms of between the landlord 
and a tenant. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess this, you know, to answer the, the question, um, you know, the, the land, being a, a real estate investor or a landlord, you know, your journey starts before you actually mm-hmm. get a tenant. And so success, you know, success in business is all about creating healthy relationships. So even as you start your journey of becoming a real estate investor um, and becoming a landlord, you have to have healthy relationships from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean? Um, you know, so say we're starting out and we're like, okay, I want to become a landlord. How? What do I do? What do I need? Well, um, you're gonna you're gonna purchase a property, so um, that's where the realtor comes in. Um, after you purchase that property, you're gonna have to get it ready to rent. Um, so you're gonna need contractors. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you know, a, a real estate attorney would help you. You know, close that transaction. Um, you know, an, an insurance agent, and so on. And mm-hmm. those people are your team of professionals, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as we talk about often. And so even even as you're getting started, you have to build and have a healthy relationship with your team of professionals. Um, and I'll, I'll give you just a quick scenario. Say the contractor say, you you know, your relationship with contractors isn't well at all. You know, you know, you have some people come out, you um, you ask for estimates, and you're constantly trying to see if you can get them to lower their price, you know, if you will, or, you know, they do work and you're not paying them right away and so on, or whatever the case may be, and you, you have, you don't have a good relationship with a contractor. Well, you know, you you move a tenant in, and then all of a sudden something goes wrong. You know, the furnace mm-hmm. stops working, the roof le- starts leaking. You know, these are some of the things we talked about um, last time, you know, in maintaining that good relationship with the tenant. Well, not having a good relationship with the contractor can lead you to, you know, it can bleed over, if you will, and affect that tenant relationship as well. And as you said, it affect your bottom lines. And um, I'll give an example of something that happened with me mm-hmm. um, with a property I manage. And again, you know, as a property manager, that's another relationship. Well, I had a client who did have a, a roof issue um, in, in a property, and this property happened to be rented out to a tenant that was on Section 8. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of the roof having its problems, it created other problems because um, there was some mold, there was some other things going on in the house. So it it turned out there were extensive repairs that needed to be done. Right. Um, So, but because this, um, the landlord had me as um, their property manager and I, I happened to have um, good relationships with contractors I called them up and said, listen, here's what's going on. This property, you know, it had the roof went bad, you know, and it just spiraled into other things. 
Um, and it's, you know, the tenant is on Section 8, and, you know, with Section 8, they don't play, you know. Right. <laughs> when they when they do an inspection, they're like, listen, you have 30 days to repair this, or we don't, you know, you're out. You know, you're going to lose, again, the income. You're going to lose the tenant and Correct. the income. So I said, listen, we just have to do whatever needs to be done and don't even worry about it, you know. And because of my good relationship with those guys, they did it. They they repaired everything that needed to be repaired mm-hmm. and um, were willing to get paid, you know, over time. And that's what we did. We paid them in installments. And it's not many contractors that will do that. Um, most of the that's time they, they want to get paid as soon as that job is done. Like, we need mm-hmm. to get paid today. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't, if you didn't have that good relationship with them, now you're you're there figuring out well how am I going to keep my income you know right. because that that job was too wasn't it was too expensive and the the owner didn't have that kind of money on hand mm-hmm. um, so now you're doing something else you're taking loans or not paying another bill or um, the worst case not even getting the job done and and losing that stream of income mm-hmm. so you know in this case. You know, this is a real live example. You know, we kept that income coming in. The owner didn't have to, you know, um, go to drastic measures. Contractors did the job. We passed. They they got paid, you know, and everything was good. The tenant was happy. So um, that's just one example. But, you know, again, as yeah. as a landlord, if you don't have those relationships in place, um, you know, it could be disastrous. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. And it's it's interesting because in, in your example, you've mentioned a few times as far as money is concerned, to pay the contractors not having that money or cash on hand to um, repair all of the work that needed to be done in that case, which brings up, mm-hmm. I think, another important po- point um, when asked the question, um, what does it take for me to, um, how does one get, how does one become or get started in the business of being a landlord or how do you suggest make um, I make money as being a landlord? Um, would you agree when it, would you agree with uh, saying that you almost to be, to be a landlord, you have to save money to make money for cases like this. I know there's an escrow account when dealing with um, rental properties, um, but do you, would you, what advice would you give to um, a landlord um, when setting up an escrow account um, in that store, like, would you recommend that they just have um, the security deposit in that um, in the escrow account? Would you recommend that they spend the excess um, that they're making off the property, um, or would, like, what advice would you give just in just for instances as you just provided with your example? Well, um, I think definitely, you know. And, and you've heard me say this before, you know, when when you become a real estate investor, that is a business. Yeah. So you have to treat it as such. And some people, that's the first mistake they make. Mm-hmm. You know, they just think, hey, I'm going to buy this rental property. You know, it sounds like a cool thing to do. Let me buy it. And, you know. The extra $300 that I can spend every month. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is money that I can, you know, I can go away on a trip or whatever it is. Um, 
But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, you are running a business and you have to treat it, you know, and give it um, the proper uh, due um, okay. as a business. So that being the case, any any business person knows that as you're setting up your business, you do need a reserve fund. You do need um, what I call operating cash, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can do day-to-day business. What's tricky about, especially if you're in the rental business, is it's not really day-to-day business in a rental property. It's really more month-to-month business. Correct. Because that's that's how often you collect um, your your income. It only comes once a month. So, you know, you definitely, you know, I always recommend, and there's different people who, re- who, who may say different things, but you definitely should have uh, reserve cash. You, um, I recommend at least a couple of months' worth of um, money aside, one, not only to cover um, repairs, but also in case the tenant does pay late or misses a payment. Mm-hmm. Because, again, when people don't prepare themselves properly, you know, that happens. You know, yeah, you life know, they're happens, like, yeah. Yeah, they're dependent upon that rent. Or, you know, the tenant could pay late. Anything could happen. Yeah. Or even in between tenants, you know, you might have a tenant move out, and then it could be a couple of months before you move your next tenant in. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a situation, you know, where you're dependent upon that, Income, I mean, that could be really rough. Um, Another thing you can do aside from having reserve funds is, you know, have the proper insurance and things like that in place so that when that damage does happen, you know, at least you can make some kind of insurance claim or something to cover you. I have one client, you know, that he he got a home warranty. Actually, I have a couple that did that. They just got a home mm-hmm. warranty to cover. You know, and a lot of times as realtors, we recommend that to our homeowner okay. buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it also is good for, you know, our landlord investor buyers as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So they can get a home warranty. Um, for people who don't know about home warranties, it's a policy you can get and you can um, cover the, the major systems such as uh, the furnace, the hot water heater, central air, um, and even appliances. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as you know, you know, things happen and they can go bad or need to be at any time. So mm-hmm. At any time. And now you're a landlord and that happens. You know, replacing a, a, a furnace could cost several thousand dollars. Yeah. So even having, even having a couple of months Reserve fund may not cover that. Yeah, you know. So, and that's you know that's the reality you know of the situation. So, um, so reserve fund is one thing, but you should definitely have other things in place. Um, so whether it be insurance, home warranties, or a combination of all of the above, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely recommend it. I think for those um, mature investors, meaning people that they have grown and have multiple properties, mm-hmm. it becomes easier. I think, the, you know, when you just have one or two, it's hard because, you know, you lose income 
you know, rent income on one of them, then it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, but, you know, it's a as domino have, effect. Yeah, as you have multiple ones, then especially if you're keeping a reserve fund, you know, um, for all of them combined, then you have more money in, you know, in that account. Mm-hmm. So it just it, it it softens the blow if something goes wrong at one, you know, it, the other ones can support it. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you brought up two um, two interesting facts um, in that conversation. One um, in regards to covering and protecting your investment insurance coverage, and the other in regards to the reserve funds and um, it being a domino effect. If you know you have to tap into um, well, when you have multiple properties um, and say you have a vacancy or whatever, but just to cover the um, the going back to the insurance and having proper coverage for a first-time landlord, would you recommend, because I know I, you, I, I'm sure everyone sees often that when you're renting um, a home or an apartment that some landlords actually require the tenant to also keep renter's insurance in addition to, of course, the landlord or the owner having um, their own um, covered insurance. Is that something that you would recommend? Yeah, it's a good practice um, because um, the the landlord's homeowner's insurance will only cover the property itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, the things that the landlord owns. Um, But the the renter's insurance would cover – their possessions and their, you know, them, <laughs> you know. So to me, anyone who is a tenant, first of all, regardless of if your landlord asks you for it or not or requires some landlords require it, but even if they don't, it just makes sense as mm-hmm. as someone who's a tenant to get that, you know. I remember back when I was a tenant, um, you know, I was talking to the the guy who was providing me the auto insurance, and he was like, well, you know, because you're already a, a customer of ours and you have auto insurance with us, you know, so it was really not much more money at all to add on a, um, a renter's policy. And the renter's policy actually even covered me in case I only had, I, if I had a personal liability, say I got mm-hmm. into a, fight at a bar um, and someone sued me from that, it covered me in that case as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it just makes a lot of sense. And I think if you do have insurance of some type already, like an auto policy, right. um, those insurance, um, you know, that company will probably give you a low cost. And, and renter's insurance is inexpensive anyway. Mm-hmm. But it they'll, is. They'll give you an even yeah. They'll give you an even better deal if you're already um, a customer of theirs. So go get it. A- anyone yeah. who's running, go go get some renters insurance. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good point too for those who are um, looking to be in a position of a landlord to kind of know how to continue to protect the investment in case. The tenant does something. Of course, you don't live there. The tenant lives there, and making sure the tenant's um, personal items are covered as well. Um, but just skipping forward just a bit, because you also mentioned what I think is important um, in becoming a landlord is 
well, we all know the landlord is, in addition to just an um, uh, per, an investor, also, like you stated, a businessman, a woman. Um, but a property manager is um, something else, I believe, that um, is important to consider when stepping into such role. Would you agree? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and I am a property manager, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think um, – a property manager is just one of, you know, when we talk about putting together a team of professionals, it's one of, you know, it's part of the property manager will be part of that team. And mm-hmm. just for clarification, if anyone wants to know, well, what is exactly is a property manager? Right. A property manager would be someone that you would hire basically to be your representative, to be the mm-hmm. landlord for you. So um, as a property manager, I collect the rents, you know, I find tenants, I screen tenants, I assign leases, um, I oversee the contractors and maintain those relationships and, you know, make sure they're doing what needs to be done, you know, help maintain that, you know, we talk about having a positive tenant relationship, um, helping to maintain that. Um you know, and just in generally, in general, taking care of the the business, which is the property. So, mm-hmm. I, I always, um, for people that need an analogy or an, a further illustration, it's like if you bought a business such as a store, and you hired someone to be the manager of that store. Mm-hmm. You know, the manager is going to oversee the employees. You know, and mm-hmm. you the know, make sure the money's taken to the bank and mm-hmm. right, right oversee the day-to-day operation of that um, business. And this is going to be someone who's trained in doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, again, when we ask, you know, we talk about, well, pe- people say, well, you know, how do I get started in real estate, you know, and, and they, they kind of feel reluctant. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I could find good tenants. I don't know if I would be able to collect rent or I don't know if I would be able to deal with a a call, you know, from a tenant when something does break down. I don't know how I would handle it. I don't know, you know, contracts. I don't have those relationships. Well, sometimes, you know, if rental, the rental business is what you're going to be in, again, thinking of it as a business, you know, you can be the investor in that business you know, and mm-hmm. buy the properties and and make the income, but it would you it would be wise to hand to hire someone to manage that business. You know, mm-hmm. someone who is um, skilled in that area. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, definitely, um, you know, and there's some people who have different levels of knowledge. You know, there are people who have. Um, rental properties and they take care of them themselves, mm-hmm. you know. But definitely, again, here's the thing. It's your business. So the question is how much time are you putting into your business? So if you work mm-hmm. full time, if you're going away on vacation, if, you know, depend on your lifestyle, um, you have to ask yourself, well, how much time am I really putting into my business? How much time do I have? Mm-hmm. to put into my business. And if it's not much or nothing at all, like, you know, you you know, you may um start to think, well, 
when it makes sense to have someone that can be on the job full time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and not that they're gonna sit, you know, in front of the house and babysit it, but that they're they're, they're a phone call away. Correct. If something Correct. were to come up or something were to happen, they're there. And when those uh, major problems happen, such as like what we talked about with the roof or the furnace going bad, they can be there, you know, so they can oversee those contractors, make sure things are getting done and, you know, the business can continue. Mm-hmm. Um And so you don't have to do things like take a day off or, or a day or two off from work. Right. You know, so that you can meet the contractor down there or, you know, make sure things happen. You just keep, you know, running your life smoothly and you you got someone in place to do it, you know, to do the work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, I think cuts down on the headache um, that you hear, I won't say a lot, but some investors um, speak about as far as, um, you know, wanting to sell all of their properties because of how, um, difficult it is to manage um, because they yeah. are managing the property. They um, are all some of some um, landlords actually are the ones that are um, taking not only taking the calls but doing the work to fix little things um, yeah. that go wrong throughout the property. So sometimes it becomes overwhelming, and I think that's where you get a lot of those conversations from those who are actually playing every role. Um, they are their yeah. their one team, their one one man team. <laughs> so yeah. and there's no I in team. So, um, yeah. So, but we're running low on time, and I just since you were speaking about um a landlord and it being a business, um, for those who are actually just getting started or interested in getting started, do you have or know of an average cost for those people looking to add that a uh, property manager into the cost of their business? What's the average manager? rate? Yeah, like what's the average rate of that a property um, manager may charge? Most property managers um, are gonna charge like a percentage, you know, of the rent. I mean, you know, just like with us as realtors, it, you know, it's mm-hmm. a negotiation with between the, um, you know, between the owners and the property manager, you know, the parties. But it's it's pretty much. Uh, low cost, you know. So, you know, for a small percentage of whatever the gross rent is, you know, the property manager is going to do all the things we just mentioned, mm-hmm. which when you think about the time, like you said, the headache, the frustration, and the time put in, it's mm-hmm. really not much at all. Um, and definitely if you have multiple properties, you know, you know, if you have one or two you know, maybe you can, especially if you have a great tenant and everything's running well. Right. You might be able to get by doing it yourself. But I've met people with just one who weren't <laughs> doing too well. Um, you Not know, funny, but. Mm-hmm. but I mean, it happens. You know, because it is difficult. You know, um, managing a, a property, especially if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know the landlord tenant right. laws. You don't. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and sometimes. Again, it's all about relationships. So if that relationship between you and that tenant becomes difficult or strained, yeah, yeah, it can everything can go way downhill quickly. Yeah, and now you're locked in. You know, at least is a a one year commitment yeah. at minimum, and it's like, you know, say you're two three months in and the relationship goes bad. Well, 
you know, that's a long time. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> so, that's, that's you have to do with this person. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and the tenant, you know, they can make it hard for you because they can yeah. call you and harass you every single day. You know, mm-hmm. if, if that's what they want to do. So, <laughs> you know, definitely the relationship thing is a common theme, and you know, like you said, if they're going to be an army of one and try to take care of, you know something that really you should have a team of people, maybe three, four, five people doing, you know, Mm -hmm. try to do it yourself. You know, I'm not surprised that they are (laughs) frustrated and and maybe tired. Um, So I I think, again, you know, know, a little bit of money, you, you know, you're invested in the property. So just investing a little bit more into having a good team, um, because usually when someone tries to do their own repairs and wants to manage it themselves, that's at the at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to do is save the money of having to pay someone. But right. that money, uh, paying those guys to do the work and take the headache off, is money well spent. Um, right. So yeah, the the most successful landlords I know have teams. You, you yeah. Know, it's very rare that I I meet someone that's doing it all themselves and is both a happy and be successful. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great point, actually, Joe. Um, and it's actually going to be our ending point with one last tip. Um, speaking since we're ending on teams, um, one tip that I would actually throw in is to keep those teams um, and well, pretty much those networks in rotation. Um, I know, Joe, you and I have spoke about, um, you know, contractors. They're, you know, again, this is a month-to-month type of thing, and you're not, your contractor isn't going to be working every day on your property or your investment. So, you know, I would like to throw in, and you can piggyback or not, and, you know, just advise to keep networking and meeting new people um, and keep building those key relationships. Um, that uh, yes. continue to protect your investment, um, you know, as time goes by. But um, I think it was um, that was great information. Um, hoping that everyone was able to take some notes. Um, and again, if you have any questions, Joe, you can go ahead and share your contact information for them to reach you. Okay. Um, one, you can reach me. We have a new um, real estate hotline number that we set up. Um, the number to that is area code 302-298-4221. So that's the real estate hotline. You can call there and you can ask, you know, if you need repairs done, if you need uh contra, you know, uh, property management, realtor issues, that's the number for um, all of the above. Um, okay. And as always, they can come out to our um Networking event, Celebrations on Market, which is tomorrow, uh, the last Thursday of every month during happy hour, 5 to 7 p.m. It's free to the public. Everybody's invited. Great. Thank you so much for the information. And as Joe stated, we do have the real estate hotline available. Um, And um, in addition to that, um, my email address, is Sharon at HREAssociates.com if you have any real estate-related questions. We want to thank you all again for tuning in to Real Estate Straight Talk, and we will see you again uh, next month. Have a great evening.
Take care, everybody. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real. Listen, learn, and live. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.